0: Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith.
1: And we're back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. Here on 930 AM, the answer home of conservative talk radio, where we get straight to it. No chaser. Tell people (laughs) what's up. When it comes down to kidneys, you're getting the real deal on transplantation, on early detection, on all the stuff that really matters to the people that we serve. And we have the wonderful honor of having... Mr. Reginald Ballard with us, uh, talking to Thank people you. and giving them the straight dope about kidney disease.
2: There it is. There
1: uh, you go. <laughs> I got a lot to, I mean, to, to talk about, man. I got a to talk about.
2: A <laughs> lot to talk about. I was up here all night last night. I don't know why, but this kidney was active last night. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think I got up about eight times, man. I'm like, wow, what's going on? But you know, when I drink a lot of water in the day, that that usually happens, so good. I
1: good. love Reginald sharing. He gives more information <laughs> than you thought you wanted to know. and who's
3: our special <laughs> and who's and, our special guest, Tiffany?
1: Yes, and we have just one of the best advocates I have seen for transplantation, a very genuine, good person and also fierce advocate uh miss latrice light (laughs) Mm
4: -hmm. light she is
1: a light she's a a light she literally is is joy wrapped up in in one person and hope when she walks into the room she brings that all right that kind of energy so i'm proud (laughs) to have you here today latrice
4: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And what a wonderful introduction. I can't wait to get started. <laughs> All right.
3: So, let's, Latrice, tell us a little bit about your story and about the organization. Uh, give us the, the abbreviated version of that.
4: Okay, so my husband and I started Shining Lights Inc. We specialize in the overall health of diabetes care as well as organ donation and transplantation and it came about because I was diagnosed as a juvenile type 1 diabetic at the age of 1. So I was just a baby in diapers and my mom had to start giving me these insulin shots. I spent 42 years as a diabetic before I went through with a pancreas transplant in 2020. So I still have my kidneys but in the height of the pandemic my sugars began to drop really really low like pretty much on a consistent basis and the next best thing was going to be a transplant which I was introduced to my husband and I and doing research and talking to the surgeon was like yeah we need to jump on board with this and three years later here I am three years later no longer a diabetic and feeling great
2: that is awesome that's good. That's good. There, I, a lot of people don't uh, understand the difference between a type 1 and a type 2 diabetic. What's the difference?
4: So type 1 is myself. I was a juvenile um, diagnosed at the age of 1. So I was a baby. Some type 1s, I mean, it just depends on the pan- your pancreas and how much insulin it actually is producing. Because you can be like 40 years old, 50 these days, 60, just depending and be type one. It just depends on how active uh, your pancreas is, how much insulin it is producing. That's the the big portion. Is how much is, how much insulin is your pancreas producing?
2: I always thought that that like um, juvenile di- diabetics were type one. I didn't know that you could become a that you can eventually become a type one diabetic later in life. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I thought so, juvenile they, life thought was that di- type two.
4: Well, juvenile is different from type one. So juvenile, remember, are going to be like your your children, your little ones. Um, but you can be diagnosed at, like I said, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, all the way up and be considered a type one. Type two comes in, um, your pancreas is usually still producing some, some insulin, and you might just need a little bit of help. Like you, you may need one insulin shot. You may need two insulin shots. It just depends. And that could also consider you type 1 or type 2. Um, some type 2 take pills to help with the, the insulin. Right. Um, and then some just work off exercise and diet. So it just really depends on how much insulin your pancreas is producing. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: With, so the later stage type 1, are there symptoms that uh, a person should be looking for uh, that are you know telling them hey you you might be a type 1 diabetic
4: that that's hard to determine in regards to what type you are that's where the testing comes in mm-hmm. but some of the symptoms that say you might be a diabetic would be frequent urination um thirsty like for anything a lot of water um My son's father actually was diagnosed later in life as type two. He was 30 years old, type two. His pancreas was still producing insulin, but he needed help. So he would do things like, I'm thirsty, but not for water. Like I want a soda or I want some juice. And he would drink like a thing of juice like this big. And he's drinking Uh it all at one time. Um, and what they say is, once the sugar level gets to a high point, it's just going to continue to grow higher. It's like, give me more sugar, give me more sugar. I just want more and more sugar. So, again, it just varies on when you catch it.
2: Yeah, and that's just. Yeah, really- I know my symptoms. Oh, wait, okay. No, go right ahead. No. I, I know my symptoms. When I discovered I was not die- a type 2, they'll actually say, um, I-, I-, I remember this vividly. it vividly. Was, I was doing a show called True Colors, and I was on a set. And that's the day that Magic Johnson, I think, announced his, um, you know, his uh, HIV uh, diagnosis. And I I was real thirsty. And um, I I was peeing almost every 20 minutes. I was going to the bathroom, going to the bathroom. And, um, man, it's just like an unquenchable thirst. You know, you ever look at a vampire movie. You see how vampires be wanting the blood. (laughs) That's how (laughs) I wanted water. I just wanted to drink water. wanted to drink. I didn't want to drink juice. I wanted water, water, water. And, you know, I went to the doctor and... This lady doctor told me, yeah, you know, they did my blood test. I, was, I think my sugar was at 300. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was 300. And she said, she told me, well, uh, what diabetics do, they drink juice. So go home and drink a lot of juice. That was the wrong That's advice awesome. to give any diabetic mm. to drink juice after your sugar is 300. And I felt a little dizzy when I was, I was drinking a big old thing of grape, Welch's grape juice, man. I thought I was going to pass out, man. I, you know I, she gave me the wrong
1: advice, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and please don't yeah. say, Lady Doctor, I don't need women <laughs> calling us, emailing us. Hey, I
4: you know, No, he is just telling anything. you this is who this was. Uh, don't yeah, don't, don't thing,
1: send us emails. Don't, don't, don't go don't to start. urgent
4: care. That's usually the first thing they'll say. Make sure you go to the emergency room where they actually have yeah. doctors on staff. Yeah, I get thing. that a lot Yeah, um, yeah. That, was, that was the wrong advice that, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like yeah. your
4: body was your body was trying to tell you our sugar's going up and we need it to come down. So it's it's craving that water. But once you get to that sugar level gets to a certain point, it's like, all right, right. fine, you just give me some more sugar. Because it's,
2: so funny it's like because Yeah, yeah, because I was I was like I you know, um I I I, I think I just finished eating and I was full. And we was driving back home and I saw this place, it had a uh, uh uh turkey burgers. And I was already full. So I said, you know what they got to we never had a turkey burger before. And uh I say, Let's go try one. We and I ate that burger soon after I ate that burger. I felt different. It was a whole different feeling about my whole body. That's when I started feeling thirsty at that moment. Now I wonder if I was diabetic before that, or at that time I ate that burger and over ate. Because I was feeling, I felt, I, I, you know, for some reason in my head, I knew w- what was the problem, you know, because my grandmother's diabetic. So I, you know, I automatically knew, man. And, um, yeah, that, that's, that's what I, I remember that day, like it was yesterday. But, um, yeah, man. And, and I used to take my kid to babysit and I used to couldn't wait to get to LA to take my son to get this so I could drink some water. <laughs> so that's the symptom, people. If you have, you like, uh, uh, unquenchable thirst and, you go into the bathroom every fifteen, twenty, you know, minutes. You better get checked.
3: Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's important to get that under wraps because diabetes is the number one cause of of, of kidney failure because of mm-hmm. uh, because that unreli- unregulated sugar it's damaging the kidneys and then over process right. over time, you know, it just it it just destroys the kidneys and that's one of the reasons that's important to address that issue.
1: And that's why we really yeah. put a lot of emphasis on early detection. On early detection of you know we of uh, kidney disease, but we really try to take a ten thousand uh, foot view of this because it 's the diseases like diabetes and hypertension that actually lead to kidney disease and mm-hmm. pancreatic failure those things lead to it, so we have to to cut off the head of the snake in order to actually stop this. And that's going to be diabetes. Mm-hmm. Finding it early Treating uh, it. Is, is really the key. Early detection. And that can be done through your blood work. Your annual checkup is the place to look for diabetes, for quote unquote pre-diabetes. That's where you want to ask and you want to ask questions. What, what are my blood sugars? Where are they in, in terms of, of, uh, normalcy? I need to know, like, what's the stages here?
4: The hemoglobin A1C is the blood work that Tiffany is speaking of.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because do you all do early detection, um, uh, promotion and education?
4: Well, my business, our corporation, yes, we do. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't actually do it hands on, but we can refer you to where you need to go to have this done. Um, Mm -hmm. But we don't do like any hands on uh, blood work or anything of that sort, just for the patient safety as well as our safety. So we would uh, find a location closest to you and refer you to them if it's of your choosing, of course. But yes, early detecting is very very important that's that's actual activity said it's key and the reason that it's key is because it can help you live a longer active life um in my case i guess it it i mean it can be earlier than that but at that particular time that was like one of the earliest cases um since then there have been cases like uh babies that are like six months three months it just Again, it all depends because now the the blood work that they're doing when you have a baby is very, very accurate. It's very uh, hit up. So it gives you a wider spectrum now than it did back then when I was diagnosed. But my case was like, oh, my gosh, here comes this baby. And, you know, we have to treat this baby and we have to teach mom everything and things of that sort. But, again, that was a a long, long time ago. So things have changed since then, which is actually for the better. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Talk about the
3: lifestyle. Talk about the lifestyle adjustments, Reg. I know you talk about this a lot on the radio show. You know, you and I kind of tease each other back and forth with, you know, vegan versus, you know, the different meals you have to adjust. Right. So uh, talk about a little bit of that. Both of you. Right. What have you had to do to adjust the food that you eat, right? Cuz I've been trying some of that food from Trader Joe's and it's actually good, Rich. It's really, really good. Well, and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, we yeah, we yeah. do a
1: lot of a lot of work around food is medicine because food truly yeah. is medicine. Yeah. It is it is what fuels your body or what kills your body. So yeah. it, it can either be be uh a lifeline for you or it can be life extinguishing. And you all have it's, chosen to utilize food as a lifeline. So let's tell people about how you're doing that.
2: It's it's, it's very conflicting. It's a conflicting thing, man. I, I was watching this documentary. I think it was um, um forks, forks Over Knives. I think it was something like that. And they were talking about, um, they say sugar is not the thing that causes diabetes. And they say it's, it's the meat causes diabetes. But you know, I did a, um, they had this thing called is, 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 is a clinic called Lindora out here Lindora. Lindora is a clinic that, 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 feeds to protein and vegetables pretty much, you know, it's almost like a keto diet. Now, when I was doing that diet on the meat, I was eat. I would eat like, um, you know, um, maybe eggs in the morning. And then the second meal, I have like a protein shake and the third meal you have like chicken breast and, uh, you know, and when I was doing that diet, my blood sugars were normal. I mean, I was like leveled, you know? Mm-hmm. And then now that I don't eat meat, it's funny, man, because now you eating more carbs and the more carbs you eat, the worse, your the, the higher your sugar levels is going to go. So I really have to be careful. And, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of rethinking things now sometimes. I'm like, you know what? When I was doing the indoor, man, my snigger was so good because I was doing the. And then you lose a lot of weight because you're going to ketosis when you do the protein and the vegetables. So you toast, so you're losing weight like when you sleep, you know, you have, you know, urinate on these sticks and they show you the darker the stick, you know, the, the more body fat you're burning. So I, I'm, I'm like I'm caught in between. I don't know which way to go. It's like I feel better. Like my cholesterol is normal now since I haven't had meat since Christmas but that's because of the kidney the girl gave me. She was vegetarian, and now I don't praise meat no more because I got that kidney the You know, that's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy, but when I was doing it, you know, my shivers were, were, were normal, and I was losing the weight easy. It, was, it wasn't hard to lose weight. It was just dropping off like that, man. So I don't know, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't know if it's an individual thing or, um
1: Well, there's data you know, to support I, I, what you're saying about the keto diet. And yeah, it has yeah, been yeah. very effective in helping uh, to regulate uh, blood sugars, but also but, uh, for people who are who are having kidney problems. That, yeah, then I heard I
2: heard too much protein on your kidneys is overload and it could it could destroy the kidney too. Is well, that, they, you re- know, when
1: when people are doing this particular diet, uh, now what what. We've seen in the literature is that they regulate it. So it's not, they kind of do a little hybrid, right? The stuff that you see is yeah, like they've... they're doing, it, it, it's like there are more vegetables.
3: You're reducing what you're reducing and is more, your, are your processed foods, so you're yeah. reducing your sugars. So you're it's going to be a really high veggie diet, right? Uh, and then mm-hmm. you're going to eat protein moderately. Yeah, you're not going to be like I can't go ham, literally ham. It's not like what keto
1: people normally do. Yeah. So like when I when
3: when I'm doing something similar to that, for me, I have to cut back on nitrates. So like, mm-hmm. bacon, oh, yeah, right, right, right. I got to cut back bacon, pepperoni, right. all that food that, right. I, that I like, right, that I quote-unquote
1: like. Right. That right. keto draws you right. to because it's tasty. But you, have
3: to, you have to cut yeah. back on those foods, and you have yeah. to have more of a, more veggies, and you have to have less processed foods. And then you have right. to watch those things that are high in nitrates because I notice that when I uh, when I eat things like bacon and, and that's high in nitrates, my blood pressure is higher, right? Yes, and yes, uh, yeah. so that tends to be an issue. And so I have to really d- dial in on my individual needs, which is low nitrates, uh, which is a moderate amount of protein. I I can't eat all of what I would do say like 10 years ago so I have to watch that and so I've noticed right. uh, with my own personal kidney function depending on where I'm at with that it tends to go up a little bit higher when I, when I eat consistently and I have to uh, soda I, I generally have to get rid of the soda so you really you're right yeah. you have to dial it in to your individual needs and you just have to watch the blood work yes yes is that similar with I you agree. Latrice or something I've, different
4: I've never done keto Again, we're, we're going back in time. So, <laughs> when the, the time that I was diagnosed, a lot of the options that we have now we didn't have. So, yeah, I had the type of grandmother that was like, "Don't treat that baby like that. Just give her a little bit." So instead yeah. of be giving like, instead of giving me a small fry, it might be like, well, will just give her six French fries," which actually began my first remembrance of starting to count the carbs. Um, mm-hmm went to a diabetic camp at the age of five and they teach you how to take care of your diabetes because again, diabetes is usually, especially juvenile, is something that you're going to grow with. I had no idea that they were doing um pancreas transplants. They started doing it back in the eighties. And I just found out in 2020 that they were doing them back in the eighties. But Again back when I was growing up, things were just totally di- different and we did not have the same options that I have today. Um I remember when diet sodas got really popular and I was like, "Oh, I finally get to drink a soda." But now that I'm I'm older and knowing the things that I know, I'm like, if I have to have a soda, I would rather it be a diet ginger ale. Versus, yeah. uh, I don't know what's in that other stuff. Like, why is it that yeah. color? Why does it taste so syrupy? Right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. So I really stay away from sodas unless it's like a diet ginger ale. Yeah. Um, and I drink those occasionally. Of course, if your stomach's feeling a little upset, you might want to have one with some saltine crackers or something like that. You know, that old school stuff. But um. Yeah. Yeah, so times are just different. So uh, again, a lot of these diets and stuff that are new, um, I do strongly believe in fresh fruits and fresh vegetables. Um, trying to get those in quite a few times a week are a plus. And again, mm-hmm. everything that a diabetic takes in, it's going to turn to sugar anyway. It doesn't matter what it is. The body's going to break it down, turn it into sugar because it needs that sugar. That's the fuel. Um, where the diabetes can kind of get dangerous is the body trying to separate those fuels. So if you're giving it um, let's say a sandwich, so you have two pieces of bread, usually you'll have um, some meat, which will be your protein. So you have your starch, your protein, your condiments, which would usually be like your ketchup, mustard, mayo, whatever you may use. And then usually we'll do like a vegetable, like lettuce, tomato, stuff like that. So you have a full meal in that one sandwich, but then you say, hmm, I'm going to throw a milkshake on top of that, which is full of sugar. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. To yeah. That yeah. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah.
4: then have to break down that milkshake, which is too much sugar at that point. So that's where those issues come into play. But I,
2: noticed, I noticed one thing that don't make my sugar ever go up is meat. When I ate meat, my sugar never jumped it never jumped everything else bread is gonna go up you know but vegetables it it don't jump everything else i mean like you say uh uh, the 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 meat and the vegetables sugar stay like that man probably wouldn't never have to take insulin you know Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. everything else everything else (laughs) outside of protein and vegetables your sugar gonna go up that's what i realized you know as a diabetic
4: Yes. And some people, that's a part of that Diet exercise, so yeah. they'll Stay away, totally stay away from All starches and just do, just like you said Focus in yeah. on the meat and the vegetables And they don't have to take any insulin So uh, yeah. I have yeah. like a step for dinner With some broccoli And I've already gone for my Two mile walk for yeah. the evening And my blood sugars are Absolutely terrific
2: Kevin, I might have to go back to that, man I might have to go back to that meat and uh, vegetables Again, man, I mean You know, just, you know, um, because when I when I look at it and I break it down, that's been the go to. That's been what have kept my sugar at a normal level when I ate like that. And I don't know, you know, for some reason, man, I don't know. I probably got the wrong kidney now. <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: got the vegetarian but,
2: but,
3: but, you know what you know what's interesting is that you have to experiment and watch your blood work and, and just be in yes. tune to your body yes. right especially right. Uh, right. I think you said this Red. you you always said if you don't if you don't realize that your food is your medicine your medicine will become your food yeah yeah yeah, I yeah, that yeah, yeah you. let that
2: yeah. food this, this, and so I think that was uh um uh who was Hippocrates you said let that food be that medicine. And thy medicine be thy food. Yeah, mm-hmm, so, that's right. Because because like you say, this diabetes, lead to kidney, I, and and it's funny, man. Like you say that that you just found out about. Um, 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 what you said, you just found out as as a donor by diabetes. You said something you just found out. Oh,
4: the train, 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 train.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the transplant. Train, train. Uh, and and people, you know, like the kidney thing. You know, um, I just did a, a, a we did a play. I did a play this weekend in Detroit, man. You know, we had about. Thousand people, man. This is pretty much sold out the theater. And after the show, you know, because I'm sure I do a comedy. I do a little comedy bit. After the show. So, you know, I talked about the Texas Kidney Foundation. And these old ladies, man, they came up to me. This one lady, you know, she wasn't that old, but, you know, she was saying that she had to have a kidney. And she was asking me questions. And I was telling her about, you know, um, it's funny because I'm in Michigan talking about Texas Kidney Foundation. I don't know if they got their own foundation. <laughs> There's only one I know. I say, you know, so well, I say, you know, get in touch with, in touch with them. And I was telling them about the, um, the swap thing. They, yeah. they have no, they had no clue that you can do that, man. They have no clue that, you know, you can, you know, you just need somebody that's willing to donate a kidney. And it's crazy how they just come up to me and be telling me, asking me about that stuff.
1: And, you know, this is a good place for us to uh, wrap up this segment. And I do want to to uh, to talk about the kidney swap, because if you are interested in getting a kidney and you need a kidney or you want to give a kidney, Um, Paired donation is really the way to go. It is. And that is where a person who needs a kidney is paired with somebody who can give a kidney. You don't have to be a perfect match. The uh, National Kidney Registry will do the rest and help you walk through Mm -hmm. the process. It is worth your time and interest, especially if you are a person of color. And I, when we come back in the next segment, we're going to talk about transplantation and what Texas mm-hmm. Kidney Foundation is doing in regards to that. And I'd like to talk a little bit with both of you about what it's like uh, as an African American, because there are some some things that we deal with in terms of healthcare disparities that nobody can highlight better than the four of us. You know, ninety nine forty four. We we got to do that. Um, <laughs> thank you. You've been listening to on the record with Tiffany and Kevin with our wonderful co-host. Well, I I guess you're almost a co host, Reginald, because you're always on here (laughs) with us. And and just my good friend, uh, Latrice Lights of uh, Shining Lights Foundation. Let's come back and talk some more. We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent But Deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website, silentbutdeadly.org, take a 12-question test, and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org.
3: And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. <laughs> uh, hey, welcome back to the show. So the, the part here is we want to talk about transplantation, right? Which is that is the key. So get, receiving a transplant, a kidney transplant, is the optimal uh, form of treatment for kidney failure. And so we want to talk a little bit about that. And uh, Well, it's uh, the
1: optimal form of of treatment for kidney failure and for anybody who needs a transplanted organ. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, often people think that it's uh, nearly impossible to get a transplant. People talk about it because we we talk about it um, because it is the gift of life. When somebody gives you a transplant, it is truly the gift of life. And that's how we, you know, that's how Latrice and I met was... Through a wonderful um, advocacy coalition called Honor the Gift, Mm -hmm. because we have to honor the gift of life. The gift of life, it is literally you watch a person emerge Mm -hmm. back into life. When they get a transplant,
3: and let's talk about the statistics because uh, we've been we've been planning for 2024, and there's a lot going into it, right? So on dialysis, right, compared to a transplant, the first people die on dialysis within the first five years on average, right? So it's like was it 60 percent,
1: 65 percent of people on average die within who are the first on five years. dialysis. They die within the first five years of dialysis.
3: Yeah. And then you transplant yeah. that. So
1: dialysis you- really being, being, you know, dialysis is something that you want to be able to move off of if you have to go on dialysis. Our goal is to keep people from, from having to go on dialysis because we know mm-hmm. how, um, how life-altering it is.
3: And dialysis, and dialysis should be uh, just a stop. It, it should be a temporary stop as you're moving towards a, stop a on transplant. The
1: road to transplantation. If
3: you even have to get there because there should be other things, too. You could be preemptive. There's a whole lot of things that can be done in the process. Whereas if you're receiving a transplant, right, the, the life expectancy almost two and a half times that, depending on the age and health. But on average, it's far better.
1: So let's talk about. And the quality
3: of life is far better as well.
1: So let's talk about some of the things that we deal with as uh, African-Americans, as minorities, trying to navigate this process. So
3: what was your challenge uh, throughout that whole process?
2: um, Well, not my process. Like you say, the the dialysis is... is, um, you don't want to be there, man. You don't want to be there. I mean, you—you. No. You, to me, I looked at it like I was looking at my life, man. This—this this go in front of me with the with the blood going from my body to a machine and coming back into my body. I'm like, this thing of an earthquake happened right now. Anything happened It's like my whole life is right there. The blood, you know. Then I saw getting darker. I didn't know I was getting darker. I got so dark that. I come home at night, man. My wife didn't even know I was there, man. She thought I was a hole in the bed.
1: <laughs> you are a mess.
2: <laughs> and I'm like, wow, man. You know, but um, it does. It does um, get you. It, it's very discouraging, you know, having to be somewhere. What um, twelve hours of your week is devoted to sitting in a chair? You know, letting your blood line. You know, flash in front of your eyes, man. So yeah. if anybody you know, um, having issues, get that check now, you know what I mean? Don't even wait till you start having issues. Get Always, you know, know your body, make sure your body, this is like a car, man. We always go get our cars and stuff tuned up and and all changed, but we don't do that for our bodies, you know what I mean? We'll wash our dishes better than we wash our bodies. You know what I mean? We take a shower for about two minutes, but you wash your dishes for 30, you know what I mean? We don't take care of ourselves as we do our appliances and and, and cars and stuff, you know, so... Get checked, man, because the process is, is is a long, hideous process, and and doctors poking and prodding on you, you know. Um, so I would encourage everybody to get you know screened for for kidney disease.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I was, uh, I was the last three weeks we had uh, three deaths in the family over the last three weeks, and and then we one of the people who died is my cousin's sister. Well, my cousin. Had a brain bleed. His name's Frederick. Frederick had a brain bleed, and he woke up with uh, to find out that he was going into renal failure. And I will tell you that that was difficult. It was difficult talking with him and walking him through what this was going to be. It is hard to uh, for ha- for somebody to be a leader. You know, a provider for his family, yeah. a, a great dad, and to have him scared at the you know at sixty eight, sixty nine years old, trying to deal with something like renal failure, mm-hmm. and all of the challenges within in the system, just trans transferring from being healthy to to trying to walk through this. And it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, the system itself is not easy to engage. You know, some of the people that are working in, in centers are wonderful, and some of them are not
3: yeah so not at all just for me right I, I i very much believe in in people uh controlling their own destiny right i, mm-hmm. I don't like waiting for people to do something for me uh i, I want to be the person who's in, who, who is initiating and going out and doing and doing things right which is one of the big things that we're promoting here yeah. at the here at the uh that the foundation is, is empowering the individuals who need the kidney, right? Because I know there's a big move and a big push, and, I, and I'm for this, right? And, I, and I'm, it's wonderful that these organizations are doing it, where they're trying to get individuals to donate kidneys, right? Donate a kidney, yeah. you know, it's the gift of life. And so there's an individual given to within a group of people, right? When for me, right, uh, people don't respond to the masses, the masses don't. You don't get a response. You say there are a million people because our and the, and the research supports this. Mentally, we can't we can't that concept of a million people. But I know Reginald Ballard. Uh, I know mm-hmm. Latice, Latrice Latricia Lights. I, I can see them individually, and I'm more apt to help them individually, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the big push that we're doing here at the foundation is we want to help the individuals who need a kidney teach them and show them how to go out and solicit for a kidney and do it in the ethical way. And we're right?
1: doing that by empowering the community with yep. knowledge. The, the way you do that is knowledge. Yep. You make this transparent so that people understand what kidney disease is, mm-hmm. what leads to it, and we know that that's diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, and obesity, mm-hmm. that they know that. We want them to know it just like they know uh, that they need to have an annual mammogram. You can yeah, pull yeah. you can pull any dude off the street, you know, and ask him, Hey, what what do women have to do to check their breasts? People know that you have to press your breasts. Yeah. just check it. You can pull right. women off the street and women can tell you what needs to be done to check the prostate. We mm-hmm. want the that level of knowledge about <laughs> kidneys. <laughs>
2: I like how you did that. I like how she said, you know, detect prostate.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: we know. I definitely agree. We need to know our bodies inside and out. Yeah. Um, I just had my blood work done today, this morning. <laughs> um, I'm going for my dental appointment this afternoon. We need to be checking everything, especially yeah. people color. Um the the dermatologist is very important. If you feel any lumps, bumps, bruises, something is painful, make sure you call your doctor. Yeah. Um in regards to kidney, now I didn't have a kidney transplant, but they are watching my creatinine level like very closely. Yeah. And the reason why is just just like uh Reg was saying, when you there you're on dialysis and that machine is taking your blood out and cleaning it and then putting it back in it's recycling and that's what your kidneys are actually meant to do they're recycling they're getting rid of all that toxic mm-hmm. stuff so if mm-hmm. they're not right. doing what they're doing then you can't do what you're supposed to do
0: yeah
4: um and it, again it is a lot of time out of your days and then that turns into weeks and so on and so forth until you're able to get a kidney whether it's from yeah, someone and- you know or or someone else um so I definitely I haven't been through it and I'm trying to do what they tell me to do which is push fluids, push fluids, push fluids and Ray said he was up all night but that's a good thing because that means the kidneys are doing well.
2: And you're going to get to the dentist huh? You gotta get those gum in there. Put a piece of gum, put a piece of gum in that now, gap. That's right. all. So right? <laughs> my,
4: my grandmother had a gap. My father has a gap. So I girl, know. that gap Look, is cute. Brother, you are cute with
2: my sister, that gap. My aunt, everybody <laughs> in my family have a gap, just like that. <laughs> like, put gonna, some double men in there, girl. It'll be good with <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, it's cute on you, though. It's cute on you.
4: I be to be My birthday was October 14th. I just turned 46. I'm big on those breast exams, even for men, because a lot of men have breast cancer and don't know it.
2: That's why I like you, because mine was on the 13th, October 13th.
1: Oh, <laughs> happy birthday, you too.
2: <laughs> in the yeah. in the yeah.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. right.
2: that's right I mean with somebody else pancreas and somebody else kidney but we up in here
4: (laughs) (laughs) and to the food thing so you said you have a hard time with meat I have a hard time with shrimp and I used to love all seafood so I'm assuming that my uh, donor didn't like shrimp I guess really
2: (laughs) really ain't that something wow (laughs) you know what I used to like shrimp too because Gloria Van in Galveston, Texas it was an island that's all we did was crab and shrimp all the time and um I I, for some reason I think I made a bad batch of gumbo one time and uh I have a I haven't had shrimp since, man. I
3: can't eat <laughs> that. <joke. laughs> you know, when you, look at yeah. the, when you look at the numbers, right, people always say when I look at the numbers, and this is fresh in my mind because we're preparing uh, different reports and strategies and stuff to reach into the communities, is that one of the things that we always say, right, that disproportionately black and brown people are affected by chronic kidney disease. But when you look at the actual numbers, it's almost like half of the people whose kidneys fail, right, are are, are white are white Americans. Americans. And mm-hmm. for me, that's the part when I when we talk about it, right? It's almost as if people believe that kidney failure uh, is a black and brown issue, and it's not. It's, it's an American issue, and and we don't even make up fifty percent of the group. The group that it's impacted are are are, are white people, right? And that's why yeah. we think. And I say that because when you go through it, because people tend to think it's something that only impacts us. Right. And I always say if you if it's if how you treat us is how you're going to treat everybody in the system, believe it or not. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well my comment on that is two things. Uh, I'm going to tell you two two comments. All I right, it's coming.
3: That. The boom is coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can tell where the
1: smoke is headed his way. <laughs> he can tell after all this time. One, if it is, if were it only black and brown people, we are Americans, it's an American issue. One. Two this is an issue that is a nationwide issue. Mm-hmm. There is not an American people group that this doesn't touch. So it's not. It doesn't just only touch black people, and uh, people of Hispanic descent. But it, it touches Indian people. It touches mm-hmm. Asian people. It touches white people. It touches people of German descent, of of Iranian. Uh, Iraqi all those, people, all those everyone, people, but all those people yeah, yeah. you just listed are yes, considered i know. white. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, whatever, whatever. Kidney thing, everybody. Kidney
2: that I that kidney thing that that thing I went to that benefit I went to in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. The majority of them was white. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they was uh, white. Because what, it, what, it was a huge what was, was a, Yeah, what was that? What was it? The uh, it was a cancer kidney thing. Wasn't it TKD uh, T K D or TKD PKD Polycystic kidney disease? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm It was a lot of white people. It was like a lot of white people there. Yeah, it is.
1: Yes, and polycystic kidney disease actually uh, affects uh, a high portion of uh, Asian people. A lot of different... There's a high number of people who are of Asian descent that are affected by polycystic kidney disease. This is something that uh, these chronic illnesses should never be bifurcated by uh, race. It just causes people not to pay attention to the fact that the disease is everywhere. But but the
3: disease itself simply doesn't, it's not just I have chronic kidney disease, my kidneys are going to Fail, but also kidney disease also impacts cardiovascular right mm-hmm. the major- there's a like in Texas, the number one cause of death is cardiovascular disease and I want to mm-hmm. say anywhere from forty to fifty percent uh, of that is those those people also have. Uh, kidney function issues as well. They have some form of chronic kidney disease in those stages.
1: Some stage. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so when
3: you have an impact on, because all that stuff's working together, your kidneys, your heart, your lungs, all of it's working together.
1: Our bodies and your
3: And your kidney health is having an impact on your heart as well. So that's why when people go, oh, it's just your kidneys. No, it's not just your kidneys. The kidneys do more than just clean the blood. That's the function, right? But they also produce hormones. They also keep the blood warm. They do all of these amazing things that also have an impact on other things. So cardiovascular, it has an impact there. And what I'm off, what I often get frustrated with because, uh, you know, I want a solution. I'm a man, by uh, and I want a solution. There's a solution. There's solution. There's got to be a solution. Is that there are medical solutions out there? There are methods and methodologies that can solve most of the issues. But there's like this chasm between the people impacted by it, right, and the and the availability of
1: the results. Well, the chasm is a deficit in knowledge, which is what we are here for: is to provide the transparency and the simple. Information that people need, because and, and we are seeing that that it's effective, yeah. because we've gone into churches, we've gone into synagogues, we've gone into mosques, and we do hands-on work. We we became Clear uh, Wavered. We're a Clear waiver lab. We uh, test people in the field. We found the the testing devices and got a way to do what we do there are are very few organizations that do what we do we're the only ones who actually uh, go out test in the field and follow up and that's a key component and walk people through okay here are doctors that you can go to these are, are the therapeutics, and educate them about SGLT2Is. Now we have people coming back to us as we're going through the neighborhoods and talking to people because that's what we do. Um, just when- And we
2: are the Texas Kidney Foundation. We, are,
1: That's right. <laughs> <the> Texas <laughs> Kidney Foundation. That's right.
2: And the thing for us that I see, right, is
3: just that knowledge. And then what we're doing in 2024 is a focus on transplantation. Uh, doing Yes. That. So that's a big one. So,
1: so. on transplantation, we negotiated with um, the Mendez Foundation. And what they do is they create um, educational materials. And they created two docu-series. One called Link by Love, which is for the African-American population. That's the target group. That's their target uh, group with that. And then the other is called Fixing Paco, which their target audience is uh, the the Spanish-speaking audience. Mm -hmm. Um, So we negotiated with them throughout all the SAG stuff. (laughs) That was tough to get uh, the right to premiere it here in San Antonio.
3: And it's basically telling people through story, right, the importance of kidney transplantation, how to go and get a kidney transplant, you know, what it feels like, uh, you know, if you're if you're watching a family member uh, suffer from lack of transplantation. So that's the big deal there. That's the big project that we're working on right now and getting we'll that set up. And we'll
1: be doing that during Dream Week, mm-hmm. which is uh, January 17th to January 27th. And uh, we're going to premiere it in, in, I believe, two churches and the Mexican consulate has uh, been talking with us about premiering it in uh, their venue, too. Because we all know somebody who needs a kidney, who has kidney disease, who's on dialysis, less than 20% of the people who are on dialysis in the United States right now are worked up to receive a
3: kidney transplant. And then of that 20%, 40% actually don't follow through with, with anything, right? And it's mostly due, there's different research, but from what I'm seeing, it's the, the large majority of those people who don't follow through are black and brown people, and there's a mindset that says, hey, I got myself into this situation. I really don't want to bother anybody else. Uh, and, I mean, there's, 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 else more,
1: there's more to us not... Following through on those transplants mm-hmm. then then simply we don't care about ourselves yeah. I mean that certainly is an easy cop out for somebody who isn't us and doesn't understand our work ethic. but when it comes down to this whole um, being personally responsible, we really in in the black culture and in the uh, Hispanic culture, we take that very <laughs> seriously that if if I do something, I own it. Yes. We take that yeah. very seriously. And so when you're talking about something as important as, as transplantation, uh, I have a relative that, you know, I have a, a lot of relatives who have, have gone into renal failure. And this particular relative had gone into renal failure. And when we began to talk about it, uh, he just started to cry. And said, am I going to have to take somebody else's kidney and ruin somebody else's life?
3: And how like that's this? phrased in the. And
1: I said, no, do not think like this. That's no. And he just started to cry.
3: But how that's phrased in the literature, though, is the willingness to allow someone else to help or advocate on your behalf to well, help no. you. Right. How it's phrased is <laughs> yeah. that we
1: are unwilling. Yeah. is that black and brown people are unwilling. See, it's phrased that we are unwilling to let somebody else come and help us. And that's not, uh, you know, that goes to the wrong mindset because we are very loving, tolerant people. And it is out of that love that, that, that we will say no to something that would save us. Because we don't want to hurt somebody else. That's what yeah. that's coming from. And see, that's why I say that mess in the body of knowledge is alive from the pit of hell, and we are going to correct that.
2: Because I tell you what, my wife wanted to donate. She wanted to be an organ don—she uh, wanted to be an organ donor way before I needed a kidney. She wanted. Yeah. She said that she always wanted to be a living donor to, to give somebody, and I was just fortunate enough to have her at the right time because. She always wanted to do it, even way before me, and it was she did it for me. So, you know, there are people that you don't have to think about, you know, um, taking somebody kidding. It's Like a lot of times, people want to help somebody out. You know, yeah. sometimes you have you get a live donor, sometimes exactly. you get a donor as deceased. You know, so uh, yeah, you can't think of it like that. You know, you can't at you all. Can't, but yeah.
4: but unfortunately, I think to be a donor too. Um, but I was told unfortunately that. They would they could use different organs or eyes or things like that if they absolutely had to. But because I had diabetes for so long, it kinda of damaged some of the other mm-hmm. organs. Not like uh like I would need like a heart transplant or anything like that, but it wouldn't be strong enough to help someone else. Yep. Because right, of right. That, from having a diabetes for so long.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Diabetes is so pervasive, but let's let's talk because we're about to wrap it up, and I really want to want to talk about honoring the gift and uh, uh, the coalition because we are 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 really going after the wonderful innovations that have been done, and we know that there are innovative tests that there are innovative therapeutics mm-hmm. that we can utilize. So. Honor the gift is all about the innovative tests, the DNA and RNA tests that can be used to mm-hmm. early detect whether or not your graft is viable, whether or not you the transplant you have received is having any uh, preliminary signs of go, of failing. So, Latrice and I are united in saying please help us honor the gift and you can check out what you need to do to honor that gift in the notes all you got to do is click on it go to our wonderful YouTube channel and click on those notes and you can check it all out or you can go to our website uh, my day job Texas Kidney Foundation (laughs) www.txkidney.org or you can go to Latrice's site Latrice what's your where can they find you
4: so we're www.ShiningLightsInc.org. That's ShiningLights, L-Y-T-E-S, inc.org.
1: Now, Latrice, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story.
4: Thank you so much. Thank you all for having me. Um, also, Honor the Gift is HonorTheGift.org if you want to reach right. out to them directly. So, yeah. But thank you all for having
2: me. Go ahead, old girl. Shining Light shining with Shining Star. <laughs> shining, stars, shining, shining, shining
4: light and shining star. I'm all of that because God has rained down on me in so there many different from um, so many different go. times. I give it all to Him that I am still here. I'm going through diabetes, near fatal car accident. um, the, everything that I've been through in life I, I give it all to him that I'm still here I've been through a lot and, and
2: you, and you're still, you still, looking at.
4: You're still looking good you're
2: still looking good <laughs> still. <laughs> you still looking good girl
4: somebody
2: love to get to them me. eyes somebody love <laughs> to get them peepers
1: And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Thank you.
2: You've been
0: enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 9.30amtheanswer.com and join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 9.30 a.m.
1: The Answer. Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the record with Tiffany, and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about, or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, on the record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say. Because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house, just like at ours